What's up, people? It's uh, me back again. Difficult, difficult conversations. Um, <clears throat> just want to start off by uh, a little bit of fact check. Um, last time I told y'all that uh, black men and white women, those that's the most common form of interracial relationship. Um, I went online, check, just recheck that, just be sure, and um. U.S. Um, Census Bureau said that it was actually Asians and Latinos who make up the majority of um, interracial married couples. Um, although, personally, I don't consider Latino a race. I think being Latino is an ethnicity, it's a culture, it's a heritage, but it's not a race. Um, and if you look into what race is, you'll see that um, there are only three races, black, white, and Asian. And of those three, you're more likely to find in an interracial relationship, black man, white woman. Um, so I guess it's kind of sort of a fact check. And there was something else. I forget. I should have wrote it down. Um, but yeah, what's I think of it? I'll definitely come back and and uh, give you guys that information so stay tuned um, this episode I said I was going to get into sports I will a little bit um, second half is going to be a movie review um, review of Black Panther so stay tuned um difficult conversations coming up. Alright, let me start on the sports segment. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is these new look calves. I want to keep this um, relatively short and to the point. Um, so these new look calves, are they a threat to beat the Warriors? I think they are. I truly believe that these new look calves can't beat the Warriors. And the reason being is because these Cavaliers, it's it, it's exactly what LeBron James needs. Um, and especially once Kevin Love gets back. You look at these these Cavs, right? Jordan Clarkson, instant offense. Ronnie Hood, another instant offense guy. George Hill, great perimeter defender. Can shoot the three. Um, can score, but it's not going to go out of his way to score. And it's no problem deferring to LeBron. Um, and Larry Dennis Jr., uh, a spark plug um, who plays defense and plays the game the right way. And these are all people who will fall in line, people who will listen to LeBron, um, defer to him as their leader. Um, you know, and that was a problem with the old Cavs. With you know Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose and 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 um, Jay Crowder, who did not I feel did not respect LeBron James as the leader of that franchise. They thought, Nah, man, who are you to tell me what to do? Like Isaiah Thomas, right? I was fifth in MVP for the last year. I'm on your level. Sorry to say, Isaiah, you were never on Isaiah's. You were never on um, LeBron James' level. Derrick Rose, you know, and 
in a five-year span, I was the only person to take an MVP away from me. You know, I was a top five player at one point in my career. You know, um, I led a Bulls team to 60 wins. True, you did. But that Derrick Rose is long gone and he's never coming back. That Derrick Rose will never come back. Sad to say. And Jay Crowder. <laughs> Man, I don't I don't know why he would think that he can't think he's too good to take direction from LeBron James, probably because he's LeBron James size and probably thinks he just as athletic, but Jay, man, got a lot to learn, bro. LeBron knows what he's doing. He knows how to win. He knows how to get to the finals. He knows how to win. Okay. Some point you just got to defer, man. But but this Cavs team, right? Seeing that it's, it's what LeBron James needs. He doesn't need superstars. I'm telling you guys, LeBron doesn't need superstars. What he needs is people to know their role and to fall in line. That's what he needs. He doesn't need, you know, um, a guy who's going to average 25, 10, and 8. He, he doesn't need that because he is that. He needs people who are going to accept their role on the team and not complain about it and just do it. Because he knows that's the best way in order to win a championship, right? You know, the Warriors side, you have to think about it. The Warriors are vulnerable right now because they're complacent. You know, it's, it, they're not vulnerable from a talent aspect. They have talent. They have people who can play. They have, you know, um, they have the personnel to to win championships. I mean, they're the best team in the NBA. Anybody will tell you that. Right now, they are the best team in the NBA. But, you got to think about this. But, remember, they are complacent. They have nothing to prove. Last year, Kevin Durant was hungry. Kevin Durant was hearing all the chirping and all the, all the talking about how he's a sellout. And how it was such a weak move for him to go from OKC to Golden State. Like, how could you do that? How could you abandon Russ like that? Um, you know, your, your, your legacy is tainted now. You know, that was a soft move. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I was one of the people who lost a lot of respect for KD after that move. I, I agree with Stephen A. Smith when he says... You know, that was the weakest move I've ever seen by a superstar. It was. I mean, think about it, man. I mean, like, like you, you, your team was up 3-1 on, on Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. <clears throat> I mean, you were clearly, you clearly had the best team in the playoffs. Clearly. Like, you know what I mean? Um, all you guys had to do was win one more game. You were up 3-1. On the Golden State Warriors, a team who had just won 73 games. They had just won 73 games. And you were up 3-1 on them. Okay. And you, 
you guys blew it. It's one thing if like you guys got just ramrodded, just ran over by the by the Golden State Warriors, but you could have beat them. But you didn't. And Kevin Durant made that move. And like I said, I was one of the people who lost a, a good amount of respect for him. But they don't seem hungry, man. KD doesn't seem as hungry as he was last year. Steph doesn't seem as hungry. Draymond, Clay, they don't seem as hungry. They seem annoyed. They they seem annoyed that they even have to play during the regular season. They seem like they're a team that is saying, what's the point? We know we're going to get into the playoffs. We know we're going to get to the finals. Why are we even wasting our time in the regular season? This is boring for them. It's boring. They're bored. Right? On the Cavs side, it's the opposite. I think LeBron James is hungrier than he's ever been. I think LeBron James knows what he has now. And Cleveland knows he has a squad, knows that he can win. I think LeBron James has heard the chirping about you're no longer the best player. KD's better than you. You're over the hump. You'll never win another championship. I mean, the the, the goal debate is over. You'll never be better than Jordan. He's heard that. I'm telling you, he's heard that. And he's hungrier now than he's ever been. And that's the advantage that the Cavs right now have over Golden State. One team is cocky, complacent, thinking they have made in the bag. Thinking there's nothing left to prove. And the other team is young. And hungry. And wanting to make a name for themselves. Now led by a guy. Who has proven himself time and time again. And is forced to prove himself again. We're going to break. Thank you. Alright, next segment. Um, kind of want to do a little review of Black Panther. Um, saw it last week. Disclaimer, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I definitely, I highly re- recommend you going to watch it. I think there are a lot of subtle themes that people really, um, aren't harping on. And... I want to take the time to talk about those. And first and foremost, I think, um, I think the portrayal of Wakanda was definitely as accurate as they could have made it. Um, it truly felt like Africa, but it also felt like this futuristic, you know, um, high tech, super advanced. Um, country and if you read the comics the Marvel comics that that is what Wakanda is Wakanda is a country in Africa that has isolated itself um, and over years has um, mined vibranium which is I think like the rarest metal on the planet 
play Mind Vibranium. This stuff is super powerful. So obviously, they 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 isolate themselves to keep it out of the hands of people who will use it for wrongdoing, which is a noble cause. And keep that in mind as I go forward in this review because that's going to be an important theme. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Um, Chadwick Boseman, um, phenomenal job. I mean, I saw him as Black Panther in Civil War and I thought he was dope. Michael B. Jordan, always a pleasure to watch a Michael B. Jordan movie. Um, You know, I really started to become a fan of his um, Friday Night Lights. Um, when you played Vince Howard, I thought he did a phenomenal job. Um, I really liked Fruitvale Station. Um, yeah, man, Michael B. Jordan movies are usually pretty damn good. So Creed, another one, Creed was phenomenal. I like Creed a lot. And I'm not even, and, and I don't even like the Rocky movies. I'm not a Rocky guy. Like, people ask me, hey, you think about Rocky for him? Like, I'm. I don't like any of them. I think they all suck, but that's just me. Um, Lupita, phenomenal job. Again, I think Lupita did great. I think Angela Bassett did great. Um, Yeah, no complaints in the acting. So let me let me let me touch upon these kind of solo themes. First, I want to delve into Killmonger and his motive as a quote unquote villain. And truthfully, I don't see him as a villain. Really, I see him as an antihero. I think that, given the opportunity, had oh, by the way, spoiler alert because I'm going to spoil the movie to review it. Obviously, um, I think. If he had given the opportunity to change, I feel like Black Panther had not killed him, but instead had tried to, um, I want to say save, but try to change his way of thinking, change his philosophy. I think he could have been a valuable asset. Um, you gotta understand Killmonger's motive. I mean, he's coming from the standpoint of Wakanda is this, is this vast network of technology, innovation, and creativity. And he understands that the Wakandans have the tools to liberate black people across the world. I mean... I mean, you look at the news and it's like, you know, black people getting shot by police and, you know, um, our, our criminal justice system is definitely is definitely tailored towards picking on minorities. Um, I mean, our, 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 our neighborhoods have been abandoned. Schools aren't giving um, proper tools to give our children the necessary skills they need to succeed in life. And, um, and, you know, it's literally, uh, 
a pipeline from school to prison. And, you know, if anyone watches Umar Johnson, um, he talks about this a lot. And this, this is where this is coming from. That are that that schools, especially public schools, right, in predominantly black and brown neighborhoods, are preparing children not for not for the workforce, not for college, but to go to prison. You understand? We are not giving children the necessary tools they need. To better themselves. Black people throughout history have been continuously fighting an uphill battle, right? When when I when I when a black man like the if a white man has to jump three feet for something, a black man has to jump five feet for it. Right? I mean, I can give you guys a whole laundry list of, you know, events. Jim Crow, slavery, the war on drugs, um, all of that. Religiously, black people in America have been constantly marginalized and, and, and persecuted and and um, attacked, right at every level. Nutrition, healthcare, education, economics, right. This is a cycle that we continue. That we continue. Killmonger sees us. Killmonger sees that black people aren't broken. We are being we are pawns in a game. Right? That was not designed for us. In fact, the game was made for us to lose. You see what I'm saying? The game was made for us to lose. Killmonger sees this, right? It says, why doesn't Wakanda come to the defense of black people across the world? And honestly, as a black man in America, it's, a, it's an admirable thing. I think it's, I, I think the intention was great. I think the methodology, how he went about doing it was terrible, obviously. But the intention was great. I mean, he cares for his people. And he he is the the poster child for the you know the the the, the, the frustrated black man in America. I mean I mean I forget who said this, but there's a, a quote that that's, that goes something like, you know, to be black and conscious in America is to be angry all the time because you know 
that these systems are not made for you. You know that these systems are set up for you to fail. You know that these systems do not care that you have a family to feed, that that you want to get an education. They don't care that, you know, um, they, they, they don't care that you, you grew up in the system. These systems don't care about any of that. All, all these systems care about that you are black, therefore you are inferior, therefore we're going to put you on the back burner. We're going to make sure that you do not receive the tools you need to succeed. So we can continue to push the subtle narrative of white supremacy. Folks, Killmonger is not a villain. Killmonger was an anti-hero. Killmonger was this, this guy. Killmonger was Magneto. Black Panther was Professor X. Killmonger was enough for wealth, was enough for power, even though we attained it. Was enough for any of that. He wanted to liberate his people. He wanted to give his people a fair shot. And again, the methodology, the practice was not great, but the principle was good. I want to also touch upon the whole isolation factor with Wakanda, because this is also something that's not being talked about a lot. The, dy- the, the dynamic of, as a country, if you have the ability and the power to help disenfranchise people across the world, do you also have the responsibility to do so? Okay, let me repeat myself. As a country, if you have the ability and the power to help disenfranchise people across the world, do you also have the responsibility to do so? I mean, we saw this in, in World War II. I mean, the American government knew what the Nazis were doing with the Jews for a long time. American government knew. The American government knew what was going on in 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 occupied Europe. There was no secret to them. But once the public found out, once the public knew what was going on, American people stepped in and said. We have an obligation as a nation who can't help to help. We have an obligation to our fellow men. Think about that. But there's two sides to this coin, right? Because sometimes countries who can't help get a little bit too involved. They help too much. They do too much. And they end up hurting the people 
who they tried out. And you can argue that sometimes you know, their intention is to help in the first place. But that's also been a theme throughout history. So what should Wakanda have done? Well, we know that if you if you watch the movie, you know that T'Challa made a decision to share Wakanda with the world. Was that the right decision? Time will tell. But it begs the question, you know, especially if you are a nation of black people and you know that there are, there's no other nation on the planet representing black people. I mean, Asian people come over here and they're backed by China, they're backed by Japan, they're backed by Korea. You know what I'm saying? Um, Europeans come here and they're backed by France and Germany and Great Britain. Um, I mean, uh, Middle Eastern people come over here and they're backed by Saudi Arabia and backed by the UAE. And backed by, you know, Yemen and, and Syria and Turkey and, and all these other countries, right? Black people have nobody. There's not one nation, not one nation, not one black nation powerful enough to stand up for black people in America. You know, it's funny because... I remember some time ago, there was that fiasco with, I think it was um, United, United Airlines, I think it was, and that that video of um, an Asian man, I think it was Chinese, being dragged off the plane. You know how quickly the Chinese government came in and said, nope, that's, that's not cool. You guys have to do something about that. That's, mm, that's not going to fly with us. That's not going to fly. I remember there was this one story years ago, is it in the early 1900s, about, you know, police had killed, um, I think the guy was Italian. An Italian guy, like some, I think it was a kid actually, Italian kid, um, and the Italian government came in and stepped in and said, "Nope, that's not that's not gonna fly. You will not kill our people in your country. That won't happen. And we will take the necessary measures in order to ensure that our people are safe while they are traveling." We will do everything in our power. Listen, you do not mess with our people. You are not going to mess with our people. Black people don't have that. I 
think about people did, we'd be in a completely different situation with different dynamics in terms of um, police relations in our communities, in terms of um, educational dynamics, in terms of healthcare and nutritional dynamics, in terms of economic dynamics. I mean, come on now. Look, I mean, I, I I live in Medford, right? And there's an article in the Boston Globe to say the the Boston area. Okay, you know the average in, in the Boston area. You know what the net worth for the average black family is in Boston? Eight dollars. The average black family's net worth in Boston is. Eight dollars. Think about that. If you are worth more than eight dollars, you are worth more than the average black family in Boston. And if we had a country like Wakanda backing us, we wouldn't be in that situation. Thank you. On to the next section. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, um, Again, my name is Nick. This is Difficult Conversations. Um, you know, this podcast thing is new for me. Like I said in my last episode, um, I'd really appreciate it if, you know, I got some feedback, what I did right, what I did wrong, if I can improve on anything, um, if I can keep doing things, um, any subjects that you want me to t- touch upon. I'm willing to talk about anything and everything. I mean, like I said, this podcast is for me, but it's also for the people. And, you know, I want to... I feel like in the podcast spaces, we're missing that podcast that is willing to do anything. You know what I mean? Try anything. And that's what I'm trying to do. Um, kind of the whole jack of all trades approach. Um, again, you know, please don't be afraid to have difficult conversations. Uh, this is Nick signing off. See you guys tomorrow. Bye.